0: at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: We've all heard people say, don't judge me. The Bible commands us, judge not lest you be judged. So judging someone is very serious. But we need to realize, there is a difference between judging someone and simply evaluating someone's behavior according to biblical truth and sharing with that person in love and wanting the very best for that person. So you share something in love so that person can know the truth and make that change. It's not that you are condemning that person. It's not that your behavior towards that person has changed, but simply You want that person to know the truth so that God will bless him. That is not judging, that is evaluating. And we see that, for example, a good example is a court case. You have a jury which evaluates the behavior, but they don't give the sentence, they don't administer the punishment, it's the judge. So it's acceptable at times for an individual to simply share with another a fellow believer i like to share with you in love that this behavior this conduct is not in accordance with the scripture that is not judging well take out your bible and look with me to the book of romans and chapter 2 because in this first part of chapter 2 the apostle paul is going to be speaking and literally warning us against judging someone and realize that this concept of judging does not only include sharing something verbally but also it involves a attitude change and a behavior change you think less of that person you have have adverse feelings towards them and because of that you treat them differently unkind and there's a sense of condemning them this is not what we are called to do we are not in that position where you and i can judge others we're going to see that that is reserved for almighty god let's begin chapter 2 the book of romans and verse 1. we read therefore inexcusable are you now that's a pretty strong phrase inexcusable are you meaning there's nothing that can can justify you no explanation that you can give you're going to be as we find here if you judge another you're going to experience condemnation from god Now, it's not a salvation issue, it's a punishment issue. You are going to suffer loss. God is not going to be pleased with such behavior. So again, he writes, therefore inexcusable are you, and then we see the phrase, oh man. Now, he's not just speaking to males. This word anthropos in its normal form means simply a human being it can equally be applied to a female. So he's talking in a very broad sense to all people. Once more, therefore inexcusable are you, O man, for everyone, no exception, for all, and we're speaking about every individual, everyone who is judging, he says this, in which you judge another, yourselves very important upon yourself you are condemning now there's that word for condemning it's different now maybe it's helpful to understand the difference between judging and being condemned this word condemning it has two greek words the normal word for judging the greek term krino but there's a prefix attached to it. The Greek word kata, which means down, so it's judging someone down, and we would understand that in English with the phrase condemning. So when I judge another, I am placing condemnation upon myself. Why? We all know the scripture. When it speaks about judge not, why? He says the measurement that you judge with, is going to be measured back upon yourself. And why is that so, so dangerous? Well, notice what the last part of this verse says. For the very things, it's a word, which is saying for the very same things you practice, he says, this is what you're judging someone else for. Now, we learned something. Many times I see a flaw, I see a behavior, I see a sin in someone's life, and God allows me to see that. Why? Because it's a message to me. I look and say, that's not a proper thing to do. That's not someone behaving nicely. And then if you pray about it, you learn something. You know, I sometimes do that same thing oftentimes god shows you sin in someone else's life as a way of condemning not each person but rather as a way of speaking words to you in order that you see that and realize i'm guilty of that same thing this is a message unto me i need to change i need to cut that out i need to repent And therefore instead of being quick to judge condemn change your attitude and behavior towards that person you need to consider this may be a message to me now look at verse 2 he says but we know that word but in contrast to someone judging and how unequipped we are for judging we just don't make good judges why is that He says, but we know that the judgment of God is according to truth. God knows all things. I don't. And many times I will bring baggage. I will bring things in my life. And those things will influence me in my behavior, my thoughts, my attitudes towards someone else. So we need to be careful. And that's why it says only god we know this we know that only god he's able because he knows all things and he just judges it says the judgment of god is according to the truth upon those that such things are practicing now there's a disagreement here among some whether we're talking about god's judgment against those practicing those things meaning God's gonna deal with that. Or if it's speaking about me, who is judging someone else, if I'm behaving in this way, we know that the true God, he is going to to place judgment according to truth because of what I'm practicing, this condemnation, this, this behavior change, attitude change towards someone else when, in actuality, I'm the one as well that needs to repent verse verse 3 he says but you consider this o man the one who is judging and judging people who are practicing such things and and here's the key and doing the same things meaning you the one who is judging the one who is condemning the one who is behaving unkind towards someone else and he says the same very things you are doing he says do you think and he wants us to consider something he says that you will escape the judgment of god and the answer is obviously no you won't so be very careful when you see someone who is behaving wrongly, don't judge them. Don't have a negative attitude towards them, but rather in love and compassion, wanting the very best for that person, praying for that person first, then softly, kindly approach them. And, And if you evaluate yourself properly, you might say, you know, I'm guilty of those same things. And it doesn't uh, produce good fruit in my life. And I'd like to, in love, share with you the danger of this. But here again, we don't change our behavior towards that person. That is something that we're not called to do. So it's a warning here. He says, if we condemn, don't think that you're going to escape the judgment of God. Now, let's talk about God who judges according to the truth. Look now to verse 4. He says, or, and this just shows the difference between how you and I can judge and how God does. He says, or, the richness of his kindness. Now, that's a wonderful phrase. The richness of his kindness. See, we struggle with this concept of true kindness, what that biblical word means, to be kind. It's something that we're called to do, it's what the Holy Spirit will lead us to do, but we struggle with that in the flesh, in this body, but God is is rich in that. So it says, the richness of his kindness, and," and then we have a word, it means to delay something believe some of the old English translation will use the word forbearance. It simply means to put up with, to, to not respond immediately. So there's a delay, and also we all know this next word. It's the word for being patient. It's a word for for drawing out something slowly. So we can think of it one way that this word is, is used in, in non-biblical Greek is this way, someone who has a sword, and he's getting ready, there's a conflict coming, and he begins very slowly to take out his sword. Why? He wants not really to fight, so he does this slowly as a sign for someone to see what's going to happen. God does this same thing, and we see and use the word patience. So there's a delay, and and there's patience and notice something when we we are quick to judge it's because we notice what he says because we think little of believe some bibles will use the term we despise is in the second person you despise and the implication is the forbearance and the patience not knowing and literally can mean against knowing that the kindness of God this kindness of God has a purpose to it it produces something and notice what it says not knowing that the kindness of God for repentance you to lead now it says here God's forbearance his kindness his patience has a purpose it is to lead an individual to repentance so god is is slow to anger he is long-suffering he has patience he delays that punishment that one should have why because god does not indul- god does not delight in punishment god will hold back his punishment delay it he will act slowly in order for us to fall under conviction And to repent so, the punishment of God, his judgment, we do not receive. Now, here again, this is not speaking about, in this context, a salvation point of view. Meaning simply this, this is not speaking about salvation. Now, we know in a similar way, God is patient, waiting for us to repent, and receive his grace, receive that gospel, so we do not experience eternal condemnation, the wrath of God. But this is also speaking about perhaps a fellow believer. And we, sometimes, we need time. We can utilize, we should, in order that we repent and we don't experience punishment in this world, this this punishment from God, this discipline from God. God would rather give us a little time according to his kindness that we will be led to repentance. That's what he's saying. Look now to verse 5. But according to your, and he's speaking about your heart, but not just any heart. It says, but according to the the hardness and unrepentant heart of, of yours. So he's warning those who are quick to judge usually are individuals that have a hard heart and also a repentant heart. And what do they do? Well, if you're quick to judge, if you don't have that patience, that kindness, if you're not wanting the best for someone, it's because that you are doing something that in the end, he says, that is going to be storing up for yourself what wrath in the day of wrath now this is someone who does not know mercy here's the key we who have received mercy through messiah Yeshua, we should be very merciful we who have received the grace of god need to extend the grace of god to others to be slow in in condemning, and judging, that's not our role. So we should should endure and stay away from those things because they belong to God. So he warns us here, look again, he says, but according to your heart, your heart which is hard and unrepentant, because of that, you are storing up for yourself wrath. In the day of wrath, there is a day of judgment. And it says, when also the righteous judgment of God is revealed. So there is a time, judgment day. Now, we need to see this in two ways. Now, there is that judgment day when God will take sinners who are unrepentant, who have denied the gospel, refused it and they're going to be cast into eternal punishment. But there's also another way, and this is probably the main way that he's speaking of this, because if you look, we see here in the next verse, verse 6, who will give to each one according to his, his deeds. Now, this is speaking about not necessarily condemnation, but there's a time of judgment. And that is going to produce rewards, blessings, or it's not. There is going to be a good outcome or a bad outcome. According to what? See, it's not speaking about here salvation. It's not speaking about faith. It's speaking about a consequence to behavior that God's going to judge for everyone. The Bible says we all speaking to believers must appear before the Bema seat, the judgment seat of God. So notice what it says here. There's two possibilities. Here again, speaking about a judgment of rewards, God rendering to each person according to one's behavior. He says, look now at verse 6, who will give to each one according to his deeds, verse 7. Now, in verse 7, we see something there is a a greek grammatical construction that has two words men and the second word day and when they appear in a phrase one begins and one is towards the end and how we should understand it is this in one hand this on the other hand this it makes a contrast between individuals situations and the like so listen to what it says here in verse verse seven on one hand to those enduring good works meaning this those who endure persevere and what's their motivation to do good deeds good works to those on one hand there's going to be and this is great there's going to be glory and honor. And not just glory and honor, some will say immortality. Literally, this word is not being able to be corrupted, meaning there's no decay, there's no wearing out. There's an eternal aspect. So there's going to be glory and honor. There's going to be immortality, everlasting life, that which is not corrupt. For who? The one seeking eternal life now this term eternal life we need to associate it with the kingdom eternal life is a kingdom life don't make the mistake of only understanding and and receiving one aspect of this phrase eternal life too often people hear eternal life and they just think life without end that's true that's one part of it but it's a secondary part The primary part of this concept of eternal life is speaking about a quality, a character of life, a life which is distinctly related to the kingdom of God. And therefore, when we are enduring in good deeds, it is because we are seeking this kingdom experience in this age and in the age to come, demonstrating kingdom truth. So he says, on one hand, there's going to be glory and honor for those who are enduring in good deeds. They're not going to be corrupted. They are seeking kingdom life, eternal life. Verse 8, but, and this is on the other hand, to the ones who are, are selfish in their, their intent. Meaning they're not practicing Torah truth. What's the Torah truth? Love your neighbor as yourself. They're not behaving in this way. They're not concerned about others' well-being. They're not motivated about blessing others. But it says they have a self-interest. And what else do they do? They are disobedient to the truth. Here's the problem. They're not interested in the truth of God. So those individuals, look again, verse 8, to the ones who are selfish in their intent and disobedient to the truth, but, and now we have the other, they are obeying unrighteousness. Now, one of the things that I've seen in some translations, it's the same word for being disobedient, some will say, and are persuaded by unrighteousness. This word means you may be persuaded, but it has to do with a behavior outcome. And the best way, it's the same word, most Bibles translate it two different ways within this, we ought not. It's the same word, petho, and it means, look again, they are are of their own interests and they're disobeying the truth, but they are obeying unrighteousness And what are they going to receive? Well, in contrast to the one who receives glory and honor and and being in a state that is incorruptible, having immortality, these individuals are going to experience anger and wrath. Keep reading verse 9. Persecution, literally this word is tribulation, and distress upon the soul of every man who is doing what? And he has an expression, those who are working out, that is producing, producing evil. And this is true whether you be a Jewish individual, first to the Jew and also to the Greek meaning Gentile. Now, we're going to see in an undeniable way, God is not a respecter of persons, which means this, he doesn't have favorites. He doesn't say, well, to you, I'm going to behave one way, but to someone else, I'm going to behave another way simply because I choose to do so. This is not a proper way of understanding the sovereignty of God whatsoever. God, as we're going to see in a moment, God does not show favoritism. There is no, as the scripture says, as we round, we'll wrap up, there is no partiality. Notice what the scripture says. To those who... Are practicing evil whether they be Jewish or Gentile they're going to experience anger of God the wrath of God the tribulation from God and distress it's going to come upon all those who are practicing evil but now look at verse 10 in verse 10 we have a contrast but it says glory and honor and peace to all those who are working not evil but working good now remember something in the scripture we see that the word evil is against the will of god that's what evil is that which is against god's will and the concept of good means in accordance with god's will so the motivation of this whole passage is that we should be individuals that want to do that which is good meaning we want to submit to the will of God. That's what spiritual maturity is all about. And then he says, look now to, to verse, verse 10, the, the last part. He says, glory and honor and peace. I love that concept, peace to all the ones who are working good, Jewish first, and also to the Greek For, now let's wrap up, look at the last verse, verse 11. For, there is not partiality, literally, from God. God is never partial. God has his standards, and they're the standards for, not just Jewish people, but his standards are for humanity. It is not an accident, it is not a coincidence that God addresses here the term, oh man, a very broad term. And as I said, it can simply mean a human being. This message is for all people. And we need to realize that we're not called to judge. There's one judge, and that is Messiah. The Bible clearly says that God the Father has given all judgment to the Son. He who is full of grace and kindness he who does all things according to the truth he will judge and this one who laid down his life for us what a wonderful plan that god has and when we submit to it and we walk in truth we're going to produce good works and we're going to know the glory and the honor and the peace those wonderful things that god wants to bestow upon his faithful servants well, I'll close with that